Now, I know it was difficult for our next guest, Raymond Christian, growing up in a poor area of Richmond, Virginia. But the stories this man has, I am thankful for the stories that he brings to life, especially when they involve the voice of God. Step judgment. And I was always wondering why I never heard it. One specific example. I'm sitting in the pews, I'm 12 years old. There was a rumor going around the church that uh, the pastor of our church was having affairs with various women in the church. One of the ladies that uh, he was accused of having an affair with, she wanted to make a comment about another woman he was allegedly having an affair with. So she stood, so she came to church and she stood up to testify. She said, God came to me and he said, go to her house and slap that in her face. The church erupted. Elder Moore stood up in the church almost having a seizure. And he said that God came to him the other day and he told me to tell her to stop spreading those lies. Some people started to cry. Some people were saying, there's Satan in the church. There's Satan in this church. And it would be things like that I would hear and go like, wow, God is spending a lot of time in our little bitty church. On schedule, you know, using the right diction and everything. And I can remember hearing that and asking my mama, what, how, how does that work? Does, does God, like, say, like, slap on the left side of the face, the right side? Explain this to me. And she kept telling me, shut up, shut up, shut up, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. Now, my stepdaddy, Leroy, he was also a believer. He was a believer that God spoke to you, but apparently God never said nothing to him about being drunk all the time or keeping a steady job. Now, he was an unusual guy. He was a country boy. He was scared of white people. He was illiterate. I mean, he would try to bring me books, General Psychopathology, Sex After 60, Ron L. Hubbard's Dianetics. Now, but, but I'm 12. At one time, they had a, a gospel group showed up at the church. The gospel group is doing their thing, going up the aisle, going up on the stage, and they're introducing each member as they go up as part of their routine. Here comes Leroy. Leroy decides he's going to join in. Like, you know, it's five members of the group. Like, wow, it's a sixth guy. And they're like, who's this guy? Who's this guy? But they're being performers. So they, uh, they go like, all right, we got us an extra member. Thanks a lot, brother. Thanks for helping us out. And but he don't want to leave. He don't want to leave the state. And the microphone starts squeaking, you know, and he's telling them, you know, get your damn hands off of me. I paid you money to come up in here. And my mother probably, that probably took 10 years off her life. He would do something like that and you'd wish death on him, you know. I might have had that prayer too, a couple dozen times. <laughs> Me and my stepdad didn't really have a relationship. About the only thing that we could ever come together on was fishing. So one time I had these two chickens, you know, brown and hen, and I had begged my mama to buy them for me. I loved them. I played with them all the time. I had them on my head, and I would put them in the bed, have them follow me through the house, and I'd spread out a little corn and try to get them to walk around a maze and just played with them all the time. And on this particular day, I was extra anxious to get home because they were starting to grow and they could really get up a little bit. I went in the house and I opened the door and there was a chicken foot on the floor. 
I just broke out into tears. I didn't need to know. Yeah, the man, the man killed my pet chickens. As soon when I walked in, I picked up the chicken foot, and I went inside and in the sink there the chickens were already plucked. I was heartbroken. His his explanation for that was, uh, what the hell else are you supposed to do with a chicken? So my sister Janice and I, we would always like to get back at him and fool with my stepdaddy after he had messed with us for a little while. So my sister Janice, she came up with this brilliant idea that uh, it would really be funny if we took the walkie-talkie that I had got for Christmas and uh, put one under the bed and started talking to him. Yeah, that sounds funny to me too. So we got the walkie-talkie, slipped one under the bed and went to the other room and we started giggling and she was telling me, go ahead, say something, say something. So I said, Leroy, Leroy. He mumbled. He woke up and he's what? What? What is? What? What is it? And then I didn't know what to say. I was looking at my sister. I expected him to respond, but I didn't think he would think that the that artificial sound of the walkie-talkie was real. I just decided to say, Leroy, this is God. And he said, oh my God, God, you want me, you want me. And he fell down on his knees and started crying, oh God, what are you trying to tell me, God? So I looked at my sister and we're giggling. I'm going like, what, what do I say now, what do I say? She goes, say something, say something, say something else. Uh, Leroy, don't eat no more grits and sausages. He said, huh, what, what do you mean, God? I said, don't eat no more damn grits and sausages. He said, okay, okay, God, okay. When my mama came home, he wanted to explain to her, Annie, I, I spoke to God today. But she didn't want to hear that because she knew that he wasn't working and he was home drunk. But then she really thought he lost it when he went in the kitchen. He went in the fridge and he pulled out the sausage, he grabbed a bag of grits and threw them in the damn garbage can. She was really pissed off then. So that really changed him because after that little event, as I was growing up, every time he would embarrass me in some way or I wanted to get him to change his behavior in some way, I would often invoke the word of God. I would say things to him like, Leroy, stop drinking. Leroy, put that whiskey down. Of course, it didn't work because he would just find a new spot to hide it. I would always find his hidden spots. I would say things like, I found your spot, Leroy. And he would go, no, God, I'm, 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 I'm trying to do better. No, you're not. He came to school drunk and embarrassed me from eighth grade, you know. The world came to an end. Even though we're playing pranks on my stepfather, that was probably the, the most personal contact I would have with him is, is, is pranking him because we just, again, we didn't talk. And I did that for years and years and years, right up until the high school was over. I didn't want to hang around and see if I was going to get a job at the factory. I joined the Army, and I came home on leave. And he was really happy to see me. I was, I'm going to take you fishing. He wanted to spend time with me. So that night that I was home, he had been drinking a lot. Well, he kept telling me, we're going to go fishing, we're going to go fishing. I got this bait, and this is going to be special. And the banner went back and forth, and, you know, my mama was enjoying that. But more, more than ever before, he was really going on and on 
more than he ever did. He wanted to ask me questions about the Army. What was the food like? Do they beat us up? Did they kill anybody? I just joined, you know, nothing like that. And he was yakking his head off. So I left the room to go into another room, and he was still talking to me through the door. Do y'all do any fishing in the Army? Do they eat fish? Do they cook fish? They got you peeling real potatoes or what? I was going, oh, man, no, 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 no. I got plenty of time. You know, yeah, we'll talk about it tomorrow. And I decided, so what am I going to do? And I said, oh. And so I decided to hit him again with God. I'd let God speak to him. And as he continued to talk, I got to the keyhole, and I cupped my hand around my mouth, and I said, Leroy. He said, what? What? Leroy, go to bed and think about it. And he got real quiet. <laughs> I can hear him shuffling back to the room. And I'm thinking to myself, success, yeah, hey, just like old times. So the next day, we did go fishing. And we were fishing at this place along the James River, a series of bridges that go across the river, and they're all good for fishing. So we were there on the bridge, and we were fishing, and I told him, listen, I'm going to leave this spot. And you see down in the river, that island down there? I'd fished there dozens of times before. So I told my stepdad, I'm going to go down on the island and fish because I know I can do better than you can. He said, you think? I'm not giving out any fishing lessons. I said, I'm not giving out any fishing lessons. Kind of playful banter. So I went down to the island, and it was absolutely perfect. The water is rushing from all sides. It's beautiful. It's sparkly. The fish are biting. Ah, catfish, brim, crappy, bass. A good fishing hole in that particular spot. And from the island, I could look up at the bridge and I could see traffic passing by. I see some flashing red lights, probably an accident. Those things are common on the bridge. So I just go back to fishing. And I'm having a good time fishing down there. So after about an hour, I decide I'm going to take, and I think I got about 15 fish. I'm going to take them back up there and show him what I had caught where I was at. So I'm bobbing my way back to the bridge. I couldn't wait. There's no way that he could have caught nearly as many fish as I could. I couldn't wait to give him a hard time. But before I could get to him, and these three guys, three guys who had been fishing, just stopped me. They were right in front of me. They said, uh, Leroy is gone. I said, going where? Was he moving to another fishing spot? No, no, he, uh, he got sick and uh, he passed out. And they had to take him away. Passed out? Going to the hospital, I, I was only gone about an hour. I was gobsmacked by that. This is not good. My heart started beating real fast. So I gather up all my things, all my gear, and I rush to the hospital. But on the way to the hospital, I started saying to myself, God, if you do exist, let's make this right. Talk to me. I would have done anything. I would have stripped buck naked. I would have listened to anybody, the boogeyman, Anybody that would have uh, made this thing right. I go right to the emergency room. I go inside. I go up to the desk, and I, and I tell the lady, and I say, I think my father might have uh, came in here. They said he had passed out or something. Surely I'm waiting for the lady to say, no, that didn't happen. Everything's all right. And she says, hold on a second. And she said, a doctor will come out here and speak for you. The doctor comes out, and he says, can I speak to you in the back? 
He takes me to an examining room. It's really sterile. There's nothing in there at all. No other patients, no paperwork. I don't even know why he's taking me there because I'm still praying to God. There's still one more opportunity for you to speak to me and tell me everything's going to be all right. And, and God finally answered me in the form of a doctor. And he says to me, I'm sorry. He has passed. And I didn't need to, that was it. I had my answer. He didn't give me any more details, and he put it so plainly. I started thinking about, I was just with him. All he wanted, all he wanted from me the day before, he just wanted my time. He didn't want money, he didn't want anything physical, he didn't want me to do anything. He just wanted a little bit of time. Years later, when I was in the Army, I was in the field in Korea, and we hadn't eaten in a while. Uh, resupply hadn't caught up with us out in the field. When it finally did, and it was just all sausage and grits. And I might have been the only person there who was thinking to himself, this right here, <sighs> this is a sin. And everybody started laughing. What are you talking about? Tried to relate back in my mind to me saying to Leroy, don't eat no more sausages and grits, and I don't think he ate any more until the day he died. These army grits were probably the worst grits in the world, but I never loved sausages and grits as much as I did that day. I think I ate double, maybe triple. Thank you, Ray Christian, for your story. If you need more Ray in your world, and I know you do, you do, check out his podcast, What's Ray saying? Go ahead, do it right now. We'll have a link on our website, snapjudgment.org. That original score was performed and composed by Renzo Gorio. The story was produced by Davey Kim.